Okay, okay, we're going to get to the podcast in just one minute. But imagine I gave you the opportunity to invest in Microsoft, in Apple, in Tesla at its infancy. And now you made all this profit and it would be unbelievable. You'd be so thankful and so grateful. I believe that that day is today for Torch. Because for the next 36 hours, every donation you contribute at givetorch.net is doubled by our generous matchers, and you can come in at the ground floor. Yes, last year, over 1 million people enjoyed our podcasts. You as well, I hope. And I believe we can get to 10 million this year, but we need your help. It's only one day a year that we ask. We need your contribution. We need your partnership. We love your partnership and your friendship. Please contribute at givetorch.net, givetorch.net. Every dollar is matched. I apologize for taking your time. Thank you so much in advance for your support. Enjoy this episode. You are listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby of Torch in Houston, Texas. This is the Living Jewishly Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to Everyday Judaism, previously known as the Living Jewishly Podcast. We're now in the month of Elul, and we're going to talk about the laws of this month the Days of Divine Favor. This is chapter 128 in the Shulchan Aruch. And the 40 days between Rosh Chodesh El, between the beginning of El and Yom Kippur, are called Yemei Ratzon, Days of Divine Favor. Although throughout the year one can repent and do Teshuvah, but since Moshe ascended the mountain and attained forgiveness for the sins of the Jewish people with the golden calf, these 40 days have been sanctified for repentance. They're special days. Many have the custom to fast the day before Rosh Chodesh El and recite special prayers to inspire Teshuvah already then. The Arizal brings that these days are favorable and our repentance is accepted for all sins, intentional and unintentional. The following three acronyms for Elul allude to the three keys of forgiveness, Teshuvah, repentance, Tefillah, prayer, and tzedakah, charity, which are mentioned in our the highlight of our prayer on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Hashem, your God, will circumcise your heart and the hearts of your offspring to love Hashem, your God. And this is the acronym of Elul, teaching us the principle of teshuva, the, your hearts and the hearts of your offspring. I am for my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Ani dividodi li. He browses among the lilies. This is in Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 3. This acronym for El teaches us about prayer. And then the in Esther, it says, the sending of the delicacies to one another and gifts to the poor is the acronym for El teaching charity. These three powers, teshuva, prayer, repentance, prayer, and charity, have the ability to change our judgment from no good to good, to really good. So the more we immerse ourselves during these days in teshuva, repentance, having, we'll talk about the four steps of repentance, praying, talking to Hashem, and giving charity, being selfless, these three ingredients are key to our transformation and preparation for the high holidays. It is customary to blow the four sounds of the shofar, tekiah, shavarim, teruah, and tekiah, each day after the morning prayer to cause a trembling of fear for our sins and awaken and arouse the people to repent. 
We do not blow the shofar the morning before Rosh Hashanah to confuse the Satan. Now, we don't either blow it on Shabbos because the, the shofar is muktz on Shabbos. It is also a popular custom to recite Psalm 27 twice daily after prayer services, Shachras and Mincha, or according to Ashkenaz, it's Shachras and Marith. In this chapter of Psalms, we recite, Hashem is my light, my salvation, and he will hide me in a shelter. These three are references to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. Hashem is my light, is Rosh Hashanah. My salvation is Yom Kippur. Hide me in a shelter, meaning protect me, that's referring to Sukkot. Many have the custom to recite Psalms throughout the month of Elul. Halacha number 10. It is proper from the beginning of Elul until Yom Kippur, that whenever writing one another, we wish and greet them with the blessing of being inscribed and sealed in the Book of Good Life. So we say, Ketiva v'chatima tova, you should be written and sealed for a good life, uh, and that's already a custom to do that from the beginning of Elul. Many have the custom to check their tefillin and mezuzahs during this period of time. Additionally, any mitzvah that needs improvement should be rectified during this time. So if a person is weak in any particular area, whether it be prayer, whether it be charity, whether it be preparing for a mitzvah, getting ready for Shabbos, you need you need help in that, this is the time to rectify it. During the seven weeks between the ninth of Av and Rosh Hashanah, we read seven haftoras of consolation. If Rosh Chodesh, Elul, coincides with one of these Shabbos, Shabbosos, then the Haftorah is replaced the following week. From Sunday preceding Rosh Hashanah, we begin to arise early and recite Slichos, the prayers of supplications. If Rosh Hashanah falls on Monday or Tuesday, then we begin Slichos on the Sunday the previous week. It is necessary to wash hands and recite the blessings over the Torah prior to saying Slichos. We know we wake up early in the morning. And before the prayers, the morning prayer, we already recite these supplications. So what do we do prior to the slichos, prior to the supplications? We wash our hands and we recite the prayer for the, over the Torah. The chazan who leads the slichos should wrap himself in a talus prior to beginning ashray. If there is no talus available, we are still permitted to recite slichos and the 13 attributes of divine mercy, even if the chazan does not have a talus. In many places, the custom is that the chazan for slichos should also lead the shachris and mincha prayer that day, as well as the mire of the night before. This chazan takes precedence over the mourner and the yardsite. So if someone is mourn in mourning or someone has a yardsite, the chazan for slichos takes precedence over them. It is proper to stand throughout the, rest of the recitation of slichos, one who has difficulty standing the entire time should at least stand for the 13 attributes of divine mercy. The congregation should be careful to choose a chazan who is worthy, who, is, who has great Torah knowledge and good deeds, over 30 years old, married and with children, for then his prayers will be heartfelt. The same qualifications should be seeked out of the shofar blower and the one who calls out the shofar sequence. Okay, so those two honors should be also someone who's God-fearing, someone who has Torah knowledge, someone who has good deeds, someone who's married, someone over the age of 30, someone who has children, etc. The most important attribute for all of these is someone who is accepted and beloved by the congregation. 
not someone who is in a quarrel with others or someone dishonest. A mourner who is within the 12-month mourning period should not be the chazan leading Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur services or blow the shofar. If there is no one else, or if this individual is the regular chazan, then it is permissible. A mourner is allowed to lead the slichos, except if they're in the shiva week, when it really isn't appropriate to even leave their homes for slichos. The only exception is for the morning before a shoshana. The morning before a shoshana, when we have longer and more serious supplications. So that morning, even someone who is in the shiva week can leave their home and go to, go to pray in synagogue. The 13 attributes of divine mercy and their accompanying passages should only be recited with a minion. Those leading services or blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur should refrain and distance themselves from anything that can bring about spiritual impurity. They should learn the meaning of their prayers and the laws of the shofar blasts. Additionally, they should learn Musar teachings as they arouse the heart to fear Hashem. Number 29. It is proper that the person blowing the shofar be a God-fearing Jew and someone who is knowledgeable in Torah and the various laws of shofar. Many have the custom to fast during the 10 days of repentance. However, since four of the 10 days are already taken, they're already holidays like Rosh Hashanah, Shabbos, and Erev Yom Kippur, where you're not allowed to fast right the, the day before Yom Kippur, they usually precede Rosh Hashanah with four days of fasting. Many have the custom to visit the graves of the righteous for special prayers after the morning services on Erev Rosh Hashanah and to give charity to the poor and recite many supplications to arouse the holy righteous ones who are interred there to advocate on our behalf for our good judgment, as their prayers are more readily accepted, and hopefully God will bestow his kindness upon us in their merit. However, one should never direct their prayers towards the deceased, even if they are righteous, because this is prohibited by the Torah, but rather, one should seek mercy in the merit of the deceased. We don't pray to the deceased. We try to seek mercy from heaven in the merit of the deceased. It is proper upon arriving at a cemetery when one has not been there for more than 30 days to recite a special blessing who fashioned you with justice. We can see Simon 60, Halacha 11, which details this blessing. Upon approaching a grave, one should say, May it be your will, Hashem, that so-and-so, the person buried here, who is buried here, should rest in dignity, and may his merit stand for me. When placing one's hand on the grave, the left hand should be placed on the gravestone and not the right hand. One should not visit the same grave twice in one day, nor should one read the protruding writings on the gravestone, which is why they're engraved, they're embossed in it and not out of it, because if it's protruding, it's not a good uh, omen. There is a positive mystical omen to recite the prayer of Ahavarabah from the morning services until Uliachedcha Biava and to unite with you with love. Number 37. Many have the custom to fast on Erev or Shoshana until after Mincha when it is appropriate to taste food so that we do not enter into Yom Tov in hunger. It is proper to learn Torah, do mitzvahs, and repent on Erev Rosh Hashanah. Number 39. Certainly, for sins involving our fellow man, one should not wait until Yom Kippur to address these sins. But 
it's proper to seek forgiveness prior to Yom Kippur already and even perhaps before Rosh Hashanah. It is proper to wash clothes and take haircuts on Erev Rosh Hashanah in honor of Yom Tov and is best to do so before midday. We immerse in the mikvah prior to Rosh Hashanah and wear our special Shabbos clothes for the holiday to demonstrate that we are confident in Hashem's kindness and that we will be judged favorably. And finally, it is customary to perform the annulment of vows on Erev Rosh Hashanah. This is done in front of three adults who nullify our vows. The request for nullification should be recited in any language that a person understands. And my dear friends, this concludes this episode of Everyday Judaism, the laws of the month of Elul.